Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the All About Bikes podcast. I'm Kalen Boland, your host for today's episode. We are lucky to have some very special guests with us today. These gents are part of the world's fastest enduro team, but they don't only go fastest, they're also the funniest. They are enjoying some time at home during the off season from racing and willing to take some time to talk with us today. Welcome to the All About Bikes podcast, Matt Walker and Ed Masters. How are you? Cheers. Thank, and the thank crowd you guys. goes wild. Oh, you, can you hear it? Oh, it's just, yeah. it's, they're just going nuts for you guys. Thank you guys both for taking the time to join us today. Um, where, where are you at right now? Uh, we're both in Queenstown, but we're both tuning in remotely. <laughs> right down. Um, yeah, yeah. Ten minutes apart, but can't make it to the same place together pretty much. So nah. that's tough. Um, cool. But yeah, I'm glad we actually got this to happen because uh, we've been planning it since December. But um, yeah. been a lot, yeah. a lot of podcast action on my mind. But yeah, this is a close <laughs> minute, yeah. yeah. I mean, I hear I hear you guys really aren't podcast guys, so I'm glad I'm glad you guys are willing to join me at a podcast. Mm. Yeah, occasions, you know. Well, yeah, we make ex- we make exceptions for just these uh, special ones. Just the right one, yeah. Yeah, once in a blue moon, we do a podcast. Go to a podcast. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, many of your fans know you for racing, but you're also hosts and do your own stunts for the worldwide wild world of sports, uh, which has been entertaining and captivating the whole world. Um, are you guys going to be doing any hard-hitting educational journalism in 2023? Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see, really. I don't know. Um, as you probably um, have come to figure out, we're not much of planners, so we kind of run, it, run everything um, <laughs> off the cuff. So uh, definitely if the opportunity presents itself, we'll dust off the suits and um, get back into some hard-hitting sports journalism. But um, yeah, who knows? We like, we like to keep the, uh, the fans guessing. Mm. Keep ourselves guessing, actually. So <laughs> yeah. kind of one of those where we don't really know. So if we yeah. don't know, you don't know. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, well, being spontaneous, you know, that's always the best result, right? Like, this is going to be the best podcast, you know, ever, because uh, yeah. just shooting from the hip, right? Yeah. No Our plan team. is the best plan, and Absolutely. A, shit, a shit video is the best video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what What's harder for you guys being, uh, let's start with Matt on this one, uh, What's harder for you guys being world-class athletes living up to race expectations or people always looking at you to do something funny and be the entertainers um, all the time? Um, they're both hard in their own respect. Um, I'd say it's almost harder. Oh, yeah. It's situation to situation, but almost the racing is kind of like the easy part because you just, at the end of the day, you're just riding your bike, having a good time. So. I'm going to say, yeah, the bikes is the easy part. The rest kind of, yeah, has a lot of uh, weight of expectation. So that's a tough one. What about you, Ed? Uh, Yeah, I'd have to agree with Matt because sometimes people were just like, um, I don't know, because a lot often we just like come up with stuff. They just expect us to take the reins on everything. 
well, it's sometimes it just seems like that, and we're like, oh, we need like a bit of direction because we like have no idea what they want. They just want something, yeah. and um, yeah, so that can be a little bit tough. So yeah, we've been racing bikes for a long time, but we've only been educational journalismists for like <laughs> two or three years. So we're still kind of like finding our feet in that regard, mm. but um. Yeah, and then racing can be really hard too, because like, like anything, when it's going when it's going really well, it seems so easy. But then, um, you know, when you hit a little few hurdles, or, um, you know, just the mental side of things, um, it can get pretty tough. So, yeah, both both can be pretty tricky, and both can be really easy. Yeah, yeah. like like most things in life. <clears throat> Yeah, expectations from fans and everything. When you guys were here at Pivot, I I saw all of us were watching you guys, and it was kind of like, oh, are they going to do something funny? Everybody's kind of expecting <laughs> you guys to like put on a show all the time. So it was good to, good to see you guys kick back and just you know enjoy yourselves while you were here, as well yeah, as no. entertain us all. No, we had a great we had a great time. Mm. I just love I just love coming to America. It's like yeah. <laughs> Like coming from New Zealand, you feel like you're like country boys in the big city. Yeah, people wearing shoes and things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's epic. Yeah, yeah. What's uh? What are some of the things that you notice when you first like land back in the states and go? Well, yeah, we're back in we're back in America. Oh, just people talking to us about our accents, really. Yeah. Like, where are you from? <laughs> oh, that's really like, they just i don't know it's quite funny just the way that like i don't know some people you talk to have no idea about the, the rest of the world like to them the world is america so it's just quite fun coming to there and then yeah listening to what they think new zealand is or like even if i've never been it's just yeah super interesting really i find everyone's really friendly and approachable yeah. well like yeah everyone and everyone every, everyone's pretty stoked to like yeah. have a yarn to you so it's like really enjoyable just to like go around and talk to people mm. but even like walmart just going like strike yeah. up a conversation with someone <laughs> you're just like yeah you never know what you're gonna get when you go to walmart no exactly that's why we love going there <laughs> <laughs> you never know you never know what you're gonna get people wise you never know what you're gonna buy you know yeah. so many unknowns yeah, you never you never know that you needed American flag shorts, and then you go there and you're like, "Well, I gotta have these." Gotta have yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've we've seen you guys do you know working together doing creative launch videos for Pivot, um, as well as the worldwide wide world of sports. Uh, how long have you guys been friends, and and uh, how did you become you know the the duo that you are today? Cool. It's been a while back, eh? Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess we'd bumped into each other a few times and like the racing scene in New Zealand is very small. So you kind of know of each other. And then um, basically our first like real interaction or like big interaction was traveling the world together. Like we just both started messaging each other saying, hey, I'm keen to race. You're keen to race. Let's go to Europe and buy a van. And yeah, we lived in a van together for six months with another guy, Tom. And from there, it's just sort of snowballed out of control into where we are now. Mm. Three, three guys in a van? Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> one beard, like one giant beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, I don't know, like a Kiwi sleeping house kind of thing. And so basically it was just like one, a big transit with just one big bed and you'd just all be scattered around the, like you'd have your little zone and you just sleep there for six months and yeah. Yeah. So like at night, at night we had all these cushions that would go into like a certain like tessellation arrangement type thing. So it would make the whole rear area of the van, just like one whole massive mattress. And then we'd just have like three duvets and we'd like, we had our each had your own little zone that you'd sleep in, um, and it was mint. Yeah, but yeah. So like we we kind of yeah, like Matt said, we were friends, just kind of like well, more like acquaintances just through racing and stuff. But then it wasn't until we went travelling in um, 2013, I think it was, that mm. we um, became good mates. And then we just kind of we rode for different teams and stuff up until joining both joining Pivot together. Um, but we'd always like remain good friends. Um, especially like when you're traveling overseas. Um, a lot of us Kiwis really stick together cause like you're so far from home and everyone's kind of like on the same wavelength in terms of like, um, just having a good time and making the most of things. So you end up hanging out with each other a lot, even if you are riding for different teams and stuff. Like when we have, when we used to have like downtime where everyone would always go to the same like place and hang out. Um, so yeah, pretty much from like 2013 onwards, we've always just traveled and hung out together and now we just do it, uh, riding under the same, same team, which is cool. What, uh, with some downtime before the race season, what are you guys doing at home right now? It's all going. (laughs) It's like, I feel like I can't wait for the season to start almost just to like settle things down and get into a rhythm. But it just it feels like carnage at the minute with the amount of training and riding going on. Plus, the end of summer, we've got so many activities on the go, riding motos, like getting out on the lake. I don't know. Too many projects, too much stuff to do. <laughs> Let's go racing. So it just like calms it down almost. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's been, well, with Bernie, Bernie's been in Queenstown for the last like 10 weeks. So that whole, adds a whole nother element of mayhem into yeah. the mix. Um <laughs> And then also just trying to like go about like your usual life, but like um, living in Queenstown and having like a constant flow of like friends coming to visit, you constantly like feel like you're always uh, playing tour guide and you're trying to like juggle that with, um, you know, just like doing your everyday like training and sticking to a routine and fitting in the riding. And then, throughout the summer we have like events there's always birthdays and stuff so it's been pretty jam-packed um and yeah quite hard to fit it all in but it's been really fun but like matt said i'm kind of looking forward to the season starting because um then you can just get back into just checking off your weeks um Mm. and yeah not so much chaos (laughs) chaos because <laughs> it's been really chaotic the last like six weeks mm-hmm. um sometimes you're just like well where's the time gone and then you always like you're like have i been getting in all my work that i need to be do it doing because you've got all this other stuff going on but um one thing i've been i've just been really enjoying we've had some like amazing tracks pop up recently 
and just been riding heaps. So sometimes you feel like, oh, maybe I needed to be in the gym more. But then like at the end of the day, I guess like riding our bike is like the best training. So I've been doing lots of that. So I feel good. <laughs> yeah. Everybody up here, we've had a pretty uh, wet and wild winter across the country up here. So like mountain states are buried in snow california's flooding so everybody here's looking at what you guys are doing checking out new zealand and just jealous that you guys are getting a ride while other places here are flooding or buried in snow and it's uh yeah it's good good to see you guys having fun for all of us down there <laughs> definitely doing our part that's for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah, um you, uh, you guys recently visited Pivot. Was this the first time you guys had come by the office and, and checked out Pivot? First time for me. Um, it's quite the, uh, yeah, it was cool to see the workings behind the the whole system. Like that is Pivot Cycles, I guess. Just like, I don't know, the scale of everything, just how much of a community, the whole office is as well, was like so cool. It's just like didn't seem like a workplace. It was just seemed like, I don't know, just so much going on and just like so much sort of, I don't know, just good vibes coming from the place. So I was stoked to get out there for, yeah, for a wee bit, but I know Ed's been out there before. So mm. yeah, I went out there in 2018. Um, so it was pretty eye opening to see like the growth. Um, I would say it had probably like tripled in size. <laughs> With yep. the like people and the building and everything. But I think the cool thing is like going on like a trip like that is like, so like, had I not met you um, at Pivot, we would have been, you know, like when you email each other or message, it's like, it's so formal and you, you like have this like online persona, which is like, hello, I hope this finds you well. Like, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, like, and then you meet all these people that you deal with like on a weekly basis. And then finally, when you can put like a name to a face, you can like ditch all the pleasantries and actually just like be normal because you've met them and you get what everyone's about. So like, yeah, meeting all the marketing crew and stuff is awesome. And um, yeah, now we can get rid of the kind regards and just uh, all that stuff. <laughs> down to business. Yeah. Yeah. Again, um, straight down to business. Yeah, right before this, you just sent me a, a picture showing that you were stuck in traffic. So I was like, yeah, you not dear sir or madam, I will be late for the <laughs> podcast. You're like, here, stuck in traffic. Here's a picture. Um, yeah, I did. I did notice in that picture though, you've got a disposable camera on your dash. What uh, you got some you got some sweet pics on there. Or what's uh, what's plans for that Kodak you got there? Uh, I think it's full. Um, so from, from like ninety eight. Nah, um, I don't know. I just kind of like, kind of like running them. Um, so sometimes it'd be a cool thing we could do with pivot is get a bunch of them. And, um, cause you don't like, sometimes I'll have one on the go for like six months. And then when I get it developed, it's really cool. Cause like I, you, you will have forgotten or people will just like hijack it and take, take some pics on it. So like, you never really know what you're going to end up with. Um, but yeah, there's always just like one rolling around. But yeah, that one needs to be, um, I think that, that one could be from like last year, race year, because it's just been sitting in the front of my van for ages because there's nowhere to get them developed in town. 
So I normally do it when I go home to uh, where my parents live, take it up there. But yeah, we should do. We should definitely do that. Is get a few um, team disposables on the go. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, add it, add it to the budget. Don't burn it, <laughs> yeah. burn it here. Yeah. <laughs> What's this line item for forty-seven disposable cameras? <laughs> um, Eric and I, while you guys were out here, um, Eric who runs our demo program, and I uh, shuttled you guys up South Mountain for a few laps. Uh, what What did you guys think about the riding here? on those laps we were shuttling you on. Mm. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> yeah. I was, it was like one of those places where, I don't know, the first lap or so you're a bit like, whoa, this is quite intense and you definitely do not want to crash there. But once you get into it, it's actually, I don't know, has its own flow and its own, I don't know, sort of persona, I guess, with just like how to ride it. It's, mm. it's hard, but it's rewarding. But you, like I said, you definitely don't want to crash there. It's just rocks on rocks. Mm. <laughs> and, and for what and for what we were doing, it was actually really good because it's super rocky, super rough. Um, and if if you want to, you could go pretty fast in a straight line. So um, yeah, it gave us a good feel for like what we were up to, um, which was pretty cool. And. I think that was like the dreamiest conditions everyone was saying because it had rained the night before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like hero. Hero. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hero rock. It, yeah. yeah. It's quite <laughs> funny because like sometimes we'll go riding with people and uh, <clears throat> they'll want to take us. They they think we want to ride like the most. They'll like be like, oh, we, you need to come ride this rock garden. And we're like, no, nah, we just want to ride like flow jumps <laughs> and so, yeah and, yeah someone's like oh you need to come and try and ride this like super sketchy shoot and you're like oh no can we just go ride something that's like <laughs> not super sketchy but like i guess when they watch it on tv and they see like what we're riding they think like we want to ride that every day but um yeah give me a jump line and some berms and i'm i'm happy i'm happy yeah, we, we went out to uh, Hawes and rode um, that trail network on e-bikes with you guys. And I, I remember you guys saying how, how much fun you were having out there to get a chance to ride the, the flowiest kind of stuff you could find in, in Phoenix. Um, and it was neat, too. We ran into some kids and one of the kids was like, oh, can I ride with you guys? And and. And you said to him, I want to ride behind you. And you followed the kid. And I bet he went bigger and faster than he ever has in his life. Yeah, but... he was riffing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's some flow in the desert, too. That Haas, yeah. Haas is doing an amazing job. The trail crew out there, Haas Trail Alliance, is doing doing magical things out there. Yeah, that one big long track from the top was sick. Mm-hmm. No, it was Red, Red Mountain Rush. Mm. Um. While you guys were out here, we had the uh, whole PFR team and the next gen riders. Uh, what what impressed you most about the different styles of riders that we have, um, or that you guys have on your team now with with all the next gen kids? Um, I'd say, well, <laughs> just Dana Bomb's uh, ability to pick up the scooter and rip was what impressed <laughs> me the most. <laughs> he was seriously good on the uh, scooter, so fair play mm. to him. <laughs> he was good. He was ripping on the skateboard too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, nah, I reckon I just I just like 
um the froth that all the young guys bring yeah um, yeah it's always you know it just injects a bit more energy yeah um, but we're always keen to ride but like um you can't be in your own stoke to ride versus yeah the full stoke of like ride. even just in a car park like you know yeah. just trying to do fakies or like a bubica or a curb or something it's mm. like um you kind of forget about how much fun you can just have even on flat ground yeah um, and that's uh it's cool to have that like injection of youth back into because we're back into the crew of old dogs <laughs> <laughs> and like don't get me wrong we do car park mess around a lot but um yeah it's cool to have the like the next gen guys there um and like you like watch them do something and you're like oh actually and then you start trying to do it and realize (laughs) and realize you've missed the boat on that (laughs) yeah following them around on their home trails in whistler was it uh pretty pretty exciting to be behind them with that stoke that young stoke and knowing the trails inside and out it was pretty eye-opening that's for sure um they're putting on a bit of a clinic yeah i don't know whether it's like sure they're kind of like oh we got to show off a bit here but they were seriously going good eh? and um, just kind of made us realize like oh maybe i need to like work on a few little skills here and there actually a bit more but Mm. it's just cool to hang out like eddie said just that that level of stoke and it's like i don't know just that grommy attitude of just let's get stuck in, ride bikes, doesn't mm. matter what, curb, flat ground, anything. Let's get in the grass, get on the gravel, anything. <laughs> and it's fun yeah. to like, it's fun to give them shit and, uh, you know, get it back. Yeah. It just like, it just like breaks down that like, you know, we'll yeah. give it to you. We'll give it to you, but you've got to give it back as well. Cause otherwise <laughs> it's like not very fair. Yeah. <laughs> bullying quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not bullying if you like if they're saying it back to you as yeah. well. So like, uh, it's cool. Like we get that, we get that with Jenna, and we get that with Ryan and Dane as well. So like, um, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's fun. Everyone's everyone's joking around, and uh, no one's allowed to be too cool. Uh, Bernard has nicknames for everyone on the team. Uh, do you guys have a nickname for him that he doesn't know about? Um, I don't even think we do. Yeah. Just Bernie. <laughs> yeah, just Bernie. Everything goes, yeah, Bernie, Beans, Beaky. Yeah. Nine Iron. The Nine Iron. <laughs> <laughs> He's Stoke Green. He's Nine Iron. <laughs> yeah. what's, the, what's the story behind Nine Iron? Oh. Uh, probably not suitable for the airwaves. Not, not <laughs> more appropriate for another another podcast another time. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, good good to know anyway. <laughs> Many racers are pretty particular about their suspension setups and, you know, spend a lot of time with Jordy going over it, uh, checking in during race runs, that kind of things. Uh, Ed, is it true that when you get a bike, you set it up based on the suspension setup guide that Pivot sends with the bike? Or do you go do you go way deeper than that when you first get the bike? No, I definitely do not go deep. I go stay pretty shallow. <laughs> yeah. I'm only wading. I'm never swimming in the suspension stuff. 
yeah waist deep at max um but yeah yeah so when i first got my like first pivot i just set it up off the suspension thing and then um i've never really gone too much further than that even with geordie's help um in downhill it's a bit different because sometimes the track you know if you tune your bike to feel good at Fort William, it's not necessarily going to feel good down Val de Sol because it's like, you know, the um, profiles of the track is so much different and just the way they ride. Um, but enduro, you, like, <clears throat> you can't really tune your bike for an enduro, like, race because each stage is, like, they can be completely polarizing. One can be, like, super rough and one can be, like, super peddly. So the ideal enduro setup is one that feels good for you um and i've always found the pivot suspension setup guide to be like pretty on the money um so whoever out there in the company is doing that or at fox they're doing a good job um and yeah and just having like a good relationship with geordie i can go and ask him and we're never really like i'm never going a few more than one or two clicks away from like what the base setting would say mainly I think the only thing is, is that we would probably just run it a little bit harder. Um, so, but like you can cross reference that to the guide. So, you know, while I weigh 80 kilos gear on, um, you know, my suspension setup might be for someone who's 85, but um, yeah, pretty on the money. And I definitely don't get to go too far down the rabbit hole. I just want it to feel good and balanced. And um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Matt? Do you, do you spend a lot of time fiddling? Um, I've got like, I always go in roundabouts of playing with stuff just because I feel like, I don't know, like, is there something better out there? But it always comes back to the same sort of thing. But like myself, well, mine and Eddie's bikes, like the, pretty much the only difference is the fork pressure. Like, mm rear shock setup is pretty much the same um i could happily hop on eddie's bike put another 10 15 psi in the fork and ride it like race it even um i don't know i guess it's just like our riding styles like i'm a bit more over the front eddie's a bit more over the back so we run the same spring weight the same compression rebound on the rear yeah just change the the air pressure in the fork and we're away but like eddie said it's just more about finding something that you're comfortable on something that you i don't know feel stoked riding so there's never going to be the perfect setup so find something that yeah you get along with so it's kind of as deep as we go mm. feels good up up feels good on the track good to go good good to hear we're on the right track um yeah, yeah we, we we do spend a lot of time in, with that and chris spends tons and tons of time working with fox on every single bike and getting the tune right so it's it's pretty neat to hear that guys at your level can can use our setup guide networks for them as well as average average rider getting set up mm. well it should it's like uh we're still even if you're buying your bike to just ride for fun or you're buying it to race it's you should still like be trying to get that same feeling of just being comfortable mm. um so i don't think it matters what how you're riding it um it's just knowing yeah, it's just like, it's mainly just the pressures and stuff, but like the feel and how it rides should always like, it shouldn't matter because like, 
you might be riding your trails might be slow at your local trails but then you might go and ride bike park on the weekends so you know you're still riding like two two like pretty different styles of riding but you want to ride it on the same bike so it should feel somewhat like good on in both and it's never going to be perfect yeah it's always our demo team spends a lot of time setting people up on bikes and um you know we do at our factory demo program here and it's always it's always interesting how many people just starting at the basics setting sag properly getting getting your bike set up um if you set sag right you know you're going to be and then get the clicks in the ballpark you'll you'll have a great ride instead mm-hmm. of immediately jumping into swapping volume spacers out and going into custom tunes and stuff you know the engineers and and people testing the product spend a lot of time on it so it's usually yeah. it's usually pretty good it's uh pretty funny when we were we were at the fox testing in um in Lathan this year and uh normally i run two volume spaces in my fork um but richie was there and he was cutting a volume spacer in half <laughs> so i was like to geordie i was like i'll oh, just check the other half in my fork and like <laughs> so like if i shared my suspension settings that kurt's got written down it's like two and a half volume spaces but um needless like i've got two volume spaces in my fork now and i could never tell the extra half but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah like some people might be able to but i just had it in there for a laugh um but yeah (laughs) don't go cutting volume spaces in half people (laughs) did you get what what half did you get don't know. Just, <laughs> I got I got the other half. <laughs> cool. Let's uh, we'll jump into some some employee questions. Uh, a lot of a lot of pivot employees like to um, ask ask some questions. So, uh, do you have a mantra or song that you have in your head before you drop in on a race run? Ed, <laughs> I I have like a I have like a whole playlist. Um, when he's warming up at the top of the hill, he's singing his heart out, like got his headphones on. A and he's full, just singing full along carry- in his own karaoke. Yeah. No one else. Carry- just him. Yeah. It's, it's quite a laugh. Like it must piss some people off, but like it's just my kind of way of like blocking everything out. Um so I just like tune in and just belt out the lyrics with my headphones on. <laughs> and um yeah, I have like a playlist just with like a bunch of different songs, um, depending on like how you're feeling. But I like know most of the words to all of them, so um, I kind of just flip through, uh, and yeah. And then each year I start a new playlist. So the last year, my first race, the number was fifty-one. So my playlist last year is called fifty-one, and the year before it's forty-four. And uh, yeah, so I'll be making a new one um this season with some more bangers bit of old school bit of punk rock bit of rap um yeah but no no like real no one song that i always drop into what about you matt you got Um, some words that you say to yourself like i could do this i don't know i kind of it's i don't know as we've been racing over the last few years it's kind of become more and more normal so like i don't even know if i like I'm trying to think if I even sort of work myself up too much these like anymore. I almost feel like sometimes if you get too into a routine or like too into worrying about that side of it, that it kind of like adds a bit of internal pressure. So I kind of just like try to come into the racing like as 
level as possible almost like don't even try hype up or like try change things i don't know i just sort of i'd rather like start say for the enduro weekend i'd rather almost like start my weekend at square one we've just been like okay i'm just going to start here and it's just going to be riding it's not like or like racing it's not really treating it like it's anything different sort of thing so that's kind of what i go for is just the more leveled out approach i find it seems to keep me a bit sort of calmer and stops the stupid mistakes from happening as such because you're i don't know not stressed as much maybe Mm. enduro enduro is quite easy because like when the race starts you like roll out and generally you'll get a shuttle or you'll pedal up to the first stage and like Mm. in the race obviously i'm nervous for like each stage but i'm like once you get the first stage out of the way the race kind of just like starts happening um where you like it just rolls into each other um so it's only really the first stage where you're kind of like properly nervous but like at a downhill race um it's a lot more of like a pressure cooker at the top of the hill um with everyone on wind trainers and like some people were doing some crazy warm-ups and stuff or they might a lot of the time there'll be like course holds which are like quite quite disrupting so it's like always nice to just like i don't know have your little coping mechanisms of like blocking it out and just just staying pretty chilled because um yeah because i remember when i was like first getting into it like you'd take it so seriously but that would like just it was always it would always backfire and you'd obviously like be way too stimulated and then you just crash straight away um and then i always like i don't know just over time just figured out that the best way for me was to just like be just try and like have fun with it joke around and just um because obviously like in your head there's a lot going on but you're just trying you're just trying to you're just trying to get to the start gate is like um as present in the moment rather than like you never want to be thinking like oh i could get this result or i could do this or what happens if i crash you know like as soon as those thoughts start rolling through it just like snowballs so you just yeah, I guess as you get older, you just like figure out what works and what doesn't, and everyone's different. Yeah, for sure. Definitely no right or wrong to that one, and just no, nah, not at all. Try, like, and I try different. I reckon, figure out what works, yeah. doesn't. Like, of- I bet if you, uh, it's funny when like like I've been watching like that full swing golf thing on Netflix, and then like the tennis one, and like every sport seems so similar, even though it's a different sport. Like, there's so many different people who are like at the top of it, but they all do it such a different way. Um, and I guess they've all just like figured out a different route to get there and like what's worked and what hasn't. But um, yeah, there's definitely no blueprint of like how to do it. It's just, uh, yeah. And I guess it just comes down to everyone's different at the end of the day. What about, would you, do you guys have a theme song if you walked into a room? What would you want? What would you want to play when you walk into a room? if i was doing boxing i'd have ti bring him out (laughs) (laughs) yeah that'd that'd be my walkout song um well i don't even know it's always such like a a mood dependent question yeah i'm gonna have to pass on that one (laughs) fair enough fair enough yeah you just you got you got a whole the whole playlist you need yeah yeah, exactly never never one song that's gonna cut it 
which course over the past year was the most fun? Um, and what, what was the most challenging course? Hmm. I always get mixed up between, uh, there was, is it Sugarloaf where we were just ripping grass turns? Yeah. Yeah. Sugarloaf was sick. Cause it was like, like I grew up watching like the Norlers and all that. And it just like made you feel like you're racing at like Mount Snow or something. Yeah. Um, just flat out peace bombing. And there was some at Burke too, where we, like some grass turns yeah and uh yeah the key to my heart is just grass turns on us underneath the ski run um so they were like some pretty iconic like stages um but also like petson because it's like it's like kind of like real enduro which is like thousand meter descents of raw trail which was sick um you know we did a 15 minute stage and a 12 minute stage um of like pretty loamy bombed out you know you you you're you're getting proper arm pump yeah it's pretty relentless those stages eh? just like no real rest no let up at all like the you know you're taking if you've got five seconds on the flat you're just giving your fingers a rest (laughs) which is which is actually like kind of sketchy because when you're actually when you start doing that um yeah like You've got you've got to be you've got to know your like points where it's smooth because if you get it wrong, um, hands yeah, your hands off. Yeah, you blow your hands pretty easy. But like, yeah, they were pretty relentless tracks. Um, what was the most challenging? Mm. I really, I really, I liked all the races. I just didn't really like Ludenville, but like for no real reason, I just felt like I just didn't really like get it going that week. Um, not because of the like trails. I just, I don't know. Crans Montana was sick to race. Um, because it's kind of like flat out bombing. Anytime it's really fast, I really like it. Cause you feel you get like a good feeling that you're like pushing. Whereas when it's quite nibbly. Yeah. It's even if, yeah. Um, and it's nibbly. It feels like you're not going good. Yeah. Mm. You want, you want to feel like you're ripping. Um, yeah. We did, I've, I mean, there was a couple of questionable stages that always leave a bad taste in your mouth. Cause you're like, well, you didn't really need to ride that run that you could have just like run another good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was one in Burke that, they raced a trail called cross country. And I think like in a gravity sport, you should never be racing a trail called cross country. (laughs) Yeah. It was was a green on the bike park, man. Like it was, it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pedaling. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) But, um, last year on the whole, we like pretty much had all good stuff. Like really. There's nothing like super sketchy. It was all relatively, most of it was, yeah, super fun. Mm. Nothing. There was like a few, yeah. Just trying to think where the most tech stuff we did was. Probably Sugarloaf on those wet ones, but that was just because it rained. Like it was. Even then it worked. It was fun. It was Mm. like, yeah, it was challenging, but because it worked, it wasn't too bad kind of thing. Mm. 
Yeah. Sugarloaf's aged two or whatever it was. Yeah. Sniper roots everywhere, but you kind of just picked a line and went and wiggled. (laughs) Mm. And then um, Andorra World Cup was sick because it was like so dusty and the track was kind of like heaps of jumps and berms and got really rough, so it was really fun to ride. Mm. Um, Leger World World Champs was awesome, just like, I don't know, people will be talking about that race for a while, so it was just cool to be there um, and and watch the chaos unfold, like when the Frenchies went one, two, three, was pretty sick. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, pretty, I mean, it was a pretty awesome season, really. Yeah. No one, no one, you know, only a couple of stages or races, well, not even races, just a couple of enduro stages that I would have like preferred to have not have, not, not, <laughs> not, not done. But like, if that's, you know, if it's two out of a hundred, that's all good. Hmm. I'll, I'll take those odds because it's been worse in the past. What about if you had a set of barber clips? Uh, who would you like to sneak up on and give a surprise to on the team? Oh, I probably wouldn't do Bernie because it wouldn't. Maybe it might not come back. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Isn't that? Oh, I'd love to do Jenner and be crack up yeah. or or Bernie's brother Boris because he would eat it. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, getting Jenner a little, getting, getting Jenner a little buzz would be pretty funny, but um, probably pretty frowned upon as well. The person <laughs> in the team that would take it the best would be Eddie, but he doesn't have anything to cut anyway. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> oh, I've got a, I've got a bit of fuzz, I've got a bit of fuzz at the moment. I'm just growing right. it out. It's really would be doing your yeah. favor. Yeah, I'm growing a mullet for 2023. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I'll have an inch of growth by the end of the year. Um, this one's this one's from an employee for Matt. Uh, Matt, what's Ed's superpower? Um, the ability to fall asleep absolutely anywhere within five <laughs> seconds. It's almost like, I don't know, it's seriously impressive sometimes. Like, this, <laughs> doesn't even pick it. Like, you'll be like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie on my laptop. Opens his laptop and it's almost like, the screen just drains his energy and just, he just slumps over his laptop and falls asleep. It's just, it's impressive. I just love resting, you know. <laughs> That's a good well superpower rested. when you travel around the world. Well, yeah. a funny story about it is that um, up until about six months ago, he didn't realize <laughs> he didn't realize that people woke up during the night. So he, he'd say, he thought everybody would just sleep through the night right the way through. He'd be like, oh, man, I had such a bad night's sleep last night. And he's like, oh, what, did you wake up? And he's like, no, nah, I just, I could tell I would have been tossing and turning. But like, if anyone's his meaning is he's slept the whole way through, but he's just tossed and turned a few times. So mm. sleeping is definitely his superpower. Well, I wouldn't know because I'm asleep. <laughs> it's an unknown superpower. Yeah. You didn't even yeah. know you were a superhero. Exactly. I mean, Lord of Sleep. <laughs> does does Matt have a superpower? Um, the ability to micromanage multiple <laughs> projects. 
<laughs> yeah, but the problem is that the micromanaging means micro progress. That's kind of right. <laughs> yeah, very progress on a lot of projects at once. Yeah, or never shying, team. never shying away from a project. I'm actually like, uh, yeah, it's impressive that his ability to just go balls deep into something. Yeah, always bite off more than you can chew. <laughs> Yeah. Ball, balls deep, but just a tiny bit at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Work, work, work with what you got. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. hmm. uh, we, we heard you bought a Porsche. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, just like an old, was it 84 Porsche 944. So that's going to be off the road for another few years, surely, because it only needs a few little parts. But with my progress, it's just quite slow. But now nah, it's a good thing to sort of, I know, Force myself to have downtime between trainings and stuff. So it's good to have the, I don't know, both ends of the spectrum of all go plus, I don't know, sitting down and just stopping and tinkering and thinking about things. And yeah. Are yeah. you doing a full full restoration on that? Um, Get there eventually. But at the moment, it's just about trying to get it started and on the road because it hasn't been, yeah, it hasn't moved under its own steam for 20 odd years. So there's a lot that needs work, but. Definitely get in there, waiting for some parts. They should be here today, maybe, so might be able to start it today. It's kind of the end goal, hopefully. It's a pretty cool car. It's like, yeah, it'll be it'll be pretty sick when it's finished. Yeah, get the bikes on the roof and be yeah. a good little daily driver. But, I don't know, hopefully not too far off. Especially because, like, it's all good as a daily driver. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're. It's not like if you have like a hundred thousand dollar nine eleven or something, you're just yeah. like you're yeah. not really going to want to use that as a daily driver. Nah, it's in that usable range of okay, yeah, yeah. Is... And everyone will be like, "That's sick." Mm. Just something different. Mm. You have to grow a big stash like Magnum Pi. Yeah, get some old yeah. aviators or something. Yeah, Start smoking cigars and just yeah, it's going to be good. Who on the team would most likely get in a fist fight over a meaningless game of Uno? Boris. Yeah, Boris. <laughs> Boris or, Bar- or Barney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. They, they would probably fight each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. We, no, no one really on the team is very, like, scrappy. Yeah. Yeah, it's all pretty Even scrappy. after... Even after a few whiskeys, I'm not very scrappy. <laughs> I just fall you. asleep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just have this. I just we just have this running joke that I get a bit scrappy on the whiskeys, but I don't like whiskey. So <laughs> yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, do you want a whiskey?" I was like, "Ah, no, nah, it's all good. I get a bit scrappy on the whiskey." <laughs> <laughs> what uh, <clears throat> what's your spirit animal and why? Probably like a drop bear because I can just drop and fall asleep. <laughs> but also i can tag people while i'm dropping <laughs> the um, element of surprise i don't know i'd almost have a bit of a wombat and slow to get places i'm digging a hole like going down a rabbit hole of just i don't know meaningless stuff or just yeah i don't know but stubborn can be real stubborn <laughs> um if you guys weren't racing bikes uh, what would you be doing to make make a living, and why is it Uber driver? <laughs> I, would actually, I was Uber driver. He'd be one of those zero star Uber drivers. He would have crashed, fallen asleep, <laughs> missed the people, can't 
he's so blind he can't see the people he's supposed to be picking. um i reckon a zero star uber driver is like something that's like sought after eh? like if i had a choice and it was like oh pick this guy zero stars you'd be like actually <laughs> Like, I'm keen to go with the zero star. You know? Like you can get five stars any day of the week, but like, where are you going to get a zero star? <laughs> Niche market, zero mm. star Uber driver. Yeah, tuk tuk taxi Uber. Pick <laughs> <laughs> you up in a rusty van with no seats. Mm. No, no um, what would I be doing prior to race? Even when I was going overseas, I was like applying for like these. Racing really saved me from the corporate. I reckon it would be horrible. Lots of my friends uh, who finished like university went and they do like, I don't know, office stuff um, just for big companies and uh, they don't really seem to be enjoying it. Um, well, from the way I look at it. Um, and that's kind of what I was like trying to do. Um so I probably would have done that for a few years and then just given it up and gone and been a ski and bike bum and whistler. And I'd probably just be doing that still. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon I would have gone for the like college shirt job, done it for a few years, hated it. And then um, gone back to, I don't know, lifestyling and making ends meet to do that. Cause uh, yeah. Um, well, I was a sparky before racing, so I'm like electrician, didn't really like it, but I liked being hands on. So I don't know after picking up all these projects and stuff, I'd say I probably would have eventually found my way into doing, say, restos or even just change lines of trades and become a mechanic or something because I don't know just like working with my hands. So I'd say that's what I'd go for if I wasn't racing. What about? race team now versus your zoo vanzax days what uh <clears throat> what do you guys miss about those those days they're the same yeah. <laughs> just the same 100 yeah nothing's changed same people um i don't know because like our pivot pfr um runs slightly different to like other setups where um you know, with everyone being like pretty close friends and stuff, there's you can get away with a lot more, and it's a bit more freestyle. Um, and everyone knows how everyone ticks, so um, it just kind of works. Um, you know, it's pretty cliche. Everyone's like, "Oh, family, we're one big family," but like we kind of genuinely are. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot of joking around and stuff. Um, it's an unprofessional professional team. <laughs> <laughs> But like in the in the best way, because like we always say, like every like you know what's expected of you. So as long as you if you do it, there's you know there's so many ways to skin a cat. But as long as you as long as you do it and do your work, um, and don't take the piss in terms of like what you're expected to do and turning up, then um, it's all good. So, mm. but yeah, I do like it is. I don't know. Well, yeah, we because like even when we were doing like the Mariah and stuff, we just like we're still doing the same stuff. Yeah. Because when we're when we're on the road now, we like stop off and we like always like if there's something cool, we go do it. Um, there's a lot of flexibility. Um, I think our schedules are just a lot busier. Um, but like even then, that's cool. We get to go to heaps of places. 
do cool stuff. I know. It's all kind of just flowed into from one aspect of doing it for ourselves to now we're getting to do like, yeah, like he said, a lot of the same stuff mm. but in a different format sort of thing. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool being part of it. And it is. Definitely- yeah, my bike is, my bike is way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when we first started traveling, Eddie actually like bought the cheapest set of forks he could on like, <laughs> yeah. purely knowing that he could turn up to the first race, take them straight to the suspension people and that replace anything that's like screwed on it. So he basically turned up with the worst set of forks possible. The people were shocked when they pulled them apart. There was like water and dirt inside it. They weren't working. So basically just like walks away with a brand new set of forks and the only thing they kept was the crowns. Yeah. So I bought like a set of broken forks off trade me off trade me, which is like our eBay, put them on my bike, put the bike in the box, went straight to the first race, took them over there and was like, Oh, my forks aren't working very well. They're like, Oh, we'll take a look at them. And then they like replaced them with a brand new set of forks and all, all that stayed original was the crowns. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's that's the racer's life hack right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember they like fully had a word to me. They were like, dude, like, what are you doing? You've come to a World Cup with this kind of setup. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't know. I've been running them at home. <laughs> Do you guys have any projects in the works? No, I just got a max six built up actually which i need to go out and get some clips on um Should i've never ridden one of those. i've never never ridden one of those so um need to go get some bangers and you got one one of those too matt and you got you got a mark six as well um i went for the shadow cat option oh, so sweet. pretty hyped on that yeah i got that built up a while ago um kind of dedicated jump slash slalom rig so got the saint drivetrain on there um load the forks and stuff so it's just actually such a sick little slalom bike pretty pretty hyped on that thing nice so you mm. got some you got some laps on it already yeah then loving it yeah we're pretty lucky with um all the pivots so this <laughs> is like everything they're pretty good i i we heard the switchblade's your favorite bike ed is that i mean you spend most of your time on a firebird and a phoenix but do you like you like the switchblade better uh, I just like the switchblade, like, because I don't know, just being a little bit less travel, um, you feel like you just do a bit more, you do a bit more of the riding. Um, whereas when we ride some of the, oh, my fiber just sometimes it just makes it so easy, especially with the coil and stuff. Whereas my switchblade's got an air shock and it's just a bit more playful. Um, and we ride like, depending on where we ride, a lot of our tracks end up in like a little jump park and then like, you'll just spin a few laps of like the jumps and, um, yeah, I just froth the switchblade. It's like, yeah, a little bit, this is just a little bit more like playfulness and you just jump around you get bucked around a little bit more and it's, yeah, big fan, big fan. Is that is that Shadowcat now your favorite, Matt, or you um, still have a different I'm, different favorite? Like I'm loving that, but I in my books I just can't get off my Firebird. Eh? Like 
just does everything so well from like Eddie said we do a lot of jump park stuff we do a bit of everything I don't know I just kind of like Eddie said they've you get a bit more feedback and stuff from say a switchblade or something but I just love the the plow over the firebird sometimes just mm. quite like just running stuff over it's kind of one of my favorite riding styles of just lean back and go <laughs> so firebird lends itself well to that but still does yeah. it good the shadow cat have you been riding has it been a while since you've been on 27.5 wheels or yeah it's been it's took a little bit to adjust to but it's kind of lucky that it's like a small kind of dedicated jump bike sort of thing i haven't really done too much like actual trail riding as such on it um but even just riding it feels so snappy and small it's it's a fun little bike tell us about your first mountain bike ride ever how about let's start with matt um, oh, it would have been back in the day. Like my parents, um, they've always been into mountain biking and stuff since I don't know when it was full double rigid sort of thing. Um, my first actual mountain bike would have been on this loop that I don't know, kind of wound through a bit of forest. And looking back at it now, it's probably only like a super short loop, but man, it just felt like forever. I remember it just been dragging on and to the point where I just, I don't know. Probably had a bit of a tangier, a bit of a meltdown, just wanted to get home. But I don't know, I guess that's what got me hooked is being out in the, I don't know, in the thick of it, just exploring and adventuring. And I don't know, it's something I'd, yeah, really like. My, I can't really remember my first mountain bike ride, but I remember my first mountain bike race because I raced it on my BMX. i had this like gt dyno bmx that i got and um my brother had just started like going to mountain bike races and i went and i remember crashing like within sight of the finish line and getting my getting stuck in the bike and then crying (laughs) and i was like bawling my eyes out and no one was coming and helping me and i couldn't get out of my bike but um it wasn't enough to put me off because <laughs> then I um then I sold my BMX and got a mountain bike and that was the rest is history. But yeah, those people should have helped me. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. shame on yourself. if you're listening, if you're listening, I'm still butthurt that you didn't help me because I was it was it was a traumatizing experience being stuck in a sheep rut. <laughs> and every everyone was watching yeah <laughs> uh, okay, and then one think... of maybe one of the one of the earlier ones on a mountain bike i remember crashing like pretty early on in the run and losing my shoe and then finishing the run with no shoe on and then going back up and getting the shoe because i was in the race <laughs> <laughs> i didn't want to lose any time grabbing my shoe so i carried on with one one sock on and since and since then now you're like comfortable riding in flip-flops whatever you don't even care you you learned at that point you could you didn't even need shoes to race exactly yeah well cool well i know you guys are glad to be home for a little bit of time before you head out traveling the world again so uh big thank you guys uh to both of you for spending the time with us today uh talking and we look forward to next season Cheers. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you.